Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. And what a beautiful spirit we feel in this place tonight. What a beautiful, beautiful spirit. All right. I'm going to get into uh, doing just a short teach uh, lesson that I want to teach tonight. Um, I don't think I'm forgetting anything. Am I forgetting an announcement or anything? No? Okay. I want to get into this just for a moment. I'm going to take just a couple of minutes to talk about these things that I want to bring to your attention tonight, and then we're going to take communion together. I will ask that uh, normally children who have not yet been baptized do not take communion. Um, If they haven't been baptized yet, we consider them not yet uh, understanding their need of having their sins washed away and therefore not understanding what Calvary was really all about. So we use baptism as a a mode of... of, uh, uh, a, a gauge, but, it, but again, it's, uh, you know, I leave that to the parents' discretion if they want to uh, have a child that's not baptized, take him in. But if, if your child is small, please be careful of small children. This is indeed grape juice, and if it spills, we'll forever have a stain in our carpet. All right? So keep that in mind. All right, let me just talk to you real quick about seven powerful elements that the cross of Jesus Christ reveals about God's character. Because when you search through the scriptures, God's character is oftentimes revealed to us in various ways, and uh, really every page of the Bible reveals to us something about God and um, his engagement with humanity. God is intricately and personally engaged with humanity in a very beautiful way. And, uh, but there is one incident that reveals God's character, his complete character, possibly more than any other single event that God is involved in, and that's Calvary. Calvary reveals more to us about God than any other singular story. You can put all those stories together and get a picture, but Calvary itself sums it all up, what God is really all about. And so the first thing that the cross reveals to us is it reveals to us God's justice, his justice. In Psalm 89, verse 14, the Bible says, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. And so one of the definitions of justice is to administer and to uphold the law. Nobody wants to appear before an unjust judge, do you? If, you have a, if you're being accused of a crime in this world, in this life, and you've got to go before the judge, none of us want to appear before an unjust judge. And Calvary reveals to us the justness of our God as he upholds the law. Because when we think about the cross and Jesus dying on the cross... That's exactly what he is doing. He is upholding the law because from the very beginning, he he warned Adam that in the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. The wage of sin is death. Can I see the hand of anyone here today who has not sinned except for these little children? Can I see the hand of anybody who has not committed a sin? There are no hands, rightfully, 
going up. And so Adam and Eve sinned, and God established a principle from the very beginning that he has upheld from that point, and that principle is simply this. Where sin is committed, the death of the sinner is required. Sin requires death. He said, in the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. And I teach in my home Bible studies that instead of killing them, he made them fur coats. The Bible should end in Genesis chapter 3. That should be the end of the word of God. But it's not because God fulfilled his promise by killing the first lamb, the innocent lamb, who was a type and shadow of Jesus Christ, who died instead of Adam and Eve so that they could live as long as they took the skin from that animal and clothed themselves with it. You know what the Bible tells us? Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you put him on when you are baptized in his name. Hebrews 9.22 tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And since the definitions of justice is to uphold the law, the shedding of his own blood and dying on Calvary, we see God's justice in action as he upheld the requirements of the law without having us to pay the price for our own sins. He satisfied his own law so that we wouldn't have to. Are you glad about that? I love him for that. Secondly, the cross reveals to us God's goodness. How does death and punishment reveal God's goodness? Well, it's not in the act itself that we see God's goodness, but it's in the purpose behind the act that we see the goodness of God because the cross represents God's goodness in that he did not leave us in our sinful state. He made a way for us to come out of sin and live a life of holiness. Thank God for that. Praise God. He gave us a way to deal with our sinful condition. That's why we preach repentance. That's why we preach baptism. And whoever doesn't want to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, I've got to ask you, why not? Who else died for you? Can you say amen? And so he gave us a way to deal with our sinful condition and, and, and open the door for us to stand innocent when we face God. Number three, the cross reveals God's provision because closely related to God's goodness, the cross re represents his provision and the truth is we were hopeless. And according to Romans 8 and 3, which says this, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. And so though the law was present, he didn't do away with the law. The law still requires death, and to this day the law still requires death. Uh, but we were not able to keep that part of the law because of our own sins, weakened by our own sinful nature. However, what we could not do, God could do by robing himself in flesh and dying the death that you and I should have died. That's why I love him so much. That's why I'll do anything he asked me to do. Fourthly, the cross reveals God's mercy. And the definition of mercy is God not giving to us what we rightly deserve. Do any of us deserve heaven? No. 
But we have the hope of going there, even though we don't deserve it. Psalm 103.10 says that God does not treat us according to our iniquities. Aren't you glad about that? He does not treat us according to our iniquities, nor as our sins deserve. God does not give us what we deserve, but instead he poured all of that out on Jesus. And you wonder why I love him so much? Because all that I deserved, he put it on Jesus, and he carried it to Calvary. Fifthly, the cross reveals God's judgment because in the cross we are seeing God as the judge. The Bible simply declares that the wage of sin is death. And so whenever and wherever there is sin, death will be the result of that sin. And so the reason the cross reveals God's judgment is because he does not leave us in our sin and does not leave us there unpunished, but rather he takes on himself our punishment. He didn't do what I did to my daughter when she was a little girl. She did something wrong, and Mama told me, go up there, she needs a spanking. And I went up there and looked at those big blue eyes and that pretty little face, and those all the, how does a daddy spank that? And so I said, all right, listen, I'm going to do something, and when I do it, you've got to scream, cry. <laughs> and I took the paddle, and I whacked the chair, and she looked at me like I was nuts. I said, Cry. She didn't know what to do. I said, make believe you're crying. I'm spanking the chair. She, Mama knew what was going on. She, she said, you big softy. I said, I wish God could do that for us, but he can't because the wage of sin is death. So instead of spanking a chair and telling us to cry, he said, spank me instead. Instead of sending us to, to our death of a crucifixion, he said, crucify me instead. I will take the beating. I will take the crown of thorns. I will take the spear in my side. I will take the nails in my hands and feet so that you and you and you and you and you and me, we don't have to. That's why I love him. That's why I serve him. That's why I will do anything he asked me to do because nobody ever loved me that much. Praise God. Two more to go and then we're going to take communion tonight. The cross reveals God's grace because the truth of the matter is there is not a one of us here that deserves salvation. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. That's why Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2, it's by grace that you have been saved through faith, not of your own works. It's by grace that you were saved. And so in the cross, we discover God's grace because it provides for us a salvation that none of us are actually entitled to. None of us are entitled to it, but we find it. And it's a salvation that we could never earn. We can't do enough good works to undo the bad ones. But that's what makes the cross so beautiful and so wonderful. And that beautiful song Jameson just sang, I've been to Calvary, I can say I saw the Lord dying for my sins. That's what makes it so wonderful 
And why it paints such a beautiful picture of the grace of God? Because it is a gift of salvation that was paid for on the cross and given to a bunch of undeserving people like you and me. And lastly, the cross reveals the love of God. Songwriter wrote and said, O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and the angels' song. Romans 5.8 tells us that God demonstrated his love. He didn't just say he loves us. He demonstrated that love. While we were still sinners, he demonstrated that love when he went to Calvary for us. The amazing thing about God's love and the amazing thing about the cross that he gave himself up on is that he did it for you and for me. Who am I that someone would ever love me that much that would go to Calvary so that I don't have... Who am I? What have I ever done in my life that would deserve that kind of love. It reveals to us God's love. You know what's awesome? And I close with this as we get ready to take communion. Here's what's awesome about it. Jesus did not wait for you to get your act together before he would die for you. I'm so glad about that. Because I don't know about you, I'm just speaking for me. I still don't have my act together. I'm still not good enough to deserve Calvary. Still not good enough. You didn't tell me to get my act together and then you can come home. He didn't say, I'll open my doors up to you when you start living right. He said, come as you are, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He died for me while I was still a sinner and welcomed me home and bit by bit started putting my life back together. And I'm so glad, Bruce, he's still working on me. And I know you feel the same way. You and I might be the two oldest people. Maybe Dan's up there with us. I don't know. We might be the, we might be the three oldest people in the sanctuary right now. Oh, there's Suzanne back there jumping in. And Francoise. All right, let's stop there. If I had to wait to get my act together before the blood of Jesus Christ could be applied and my salvation be given to me, I'd still be waiting. He's not waiting for you to fix everything and live right and do right. And I'm not giving you a justification, live how you want. I'm saying you can come to the flow of blood that comes from Calvary's tree whenever you want to, whenever you are ready, whenever you are able to walk before the cross and say, Lord, here am I, save me. And he will say, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's why I love him and will do anything for him. Let's stand and clap our hands for Jesus. 
Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.